Everybody. Welcome to the Saturday night edition of Trice Talk Mini Pod. I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Of course, you probably knew that, right? Uh, last night, I stepped back from uh, any serious political talk and, and, and kept the conversation light. If you listen to uh, Friday night's episode of Mini Pod, uh, tonight, you know, I'm going to share, I'm going to do some poli- uh, a political story, but I'm just going to share one article with you because uh, trying to keep in true fashion of the mini pods, I'm going to try to keep it down to about 30 minutes uh, in total. But the article I'm going to talk about tonight and, and share with you is one that's bothered me and hopefully has bothered all of you since, since it, it happened back on January the 6th this past or this year. And this is an article I found in the Epic times, uh, written by real clear investigations, which I guess they do that through, uh, Epic times. And it was published on July the 9th. The title of the article is naming the Capitol police officer who killed unarmed January 6th rioter, Ashley Babbitt. Now, many of us have been frustrated by the lack of transparency in this case ever since it happened back in January uh, the 6th. Uh, And and really, officials in this situation, in this uh, incident, have been really hypocritical in the way they've handled it. Because my opinion is if Ashley Babbitt had been anyone but a white Trump supporter, we would have known several months ago about the name of that officer that did the shooting. And I don't really think anybody can argue with that. In fact, the mainstream media would probably have the pictures of his entire family plastered on national TV, along with his address, where he lives and where his kids go to school. I have no doubt that is what would have happened if the victim had not been white. And that could lead to a discussion of racism, I believe. And of course, the fact that she was a Trump supporter didn't help either. Because we know, I mean, we know that the left doesn't have any sympathy for anyone who is stupid enough 
to support Donald Trump, right? All the Donald Trump supporters were insurrectionists that day. All right, so anyway, I'm going to go to the article, but I um, actually, the article references something that I had not, I, I don't remember hearing. We may have heard just a slight smidgen of the story uh, a couple of months ago, but this article relates that uh, a, a name was given out some time ago, but falsely. It was incorrect and it was the wrong person. And uh, but it had since been corrected, but I, I don't remember a name being leaked out um, before. But let's let's get into the article before I say too much about it. Um, again, like I said, this is in the Epic Times, and it was by a group called Real Clear Investigations. Most police departments, including Washington, D.C.'s Metropolitan Police, are required to release an officer's name within days of a fatal shooting, but not the U.S. Capitol Police, which is controlled by Congress and answers only to Congress. It can keep the public in the dark about the identity and investigation of an officer involved in a shooting indefinitely which is what happened with the January 6th shooting of Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed protester in the U.S. Capitol riot who was fatally wounded by a plainclothes police lieutenant as she attempted to breach a set of doors inside the building. I think many of you probably can remember uh, some of the uh, news footage from that day that uh, was available to us and you could see a person standing off to the left side of the left side of the view uh, from the cameras on the outside of the Capitol building that they were trying to break in that door that day. For, for the past six months, as Congress has proposed legislation to reform police departments across the country, the Capitol Police has stiff-armed government watchdogs, journalists, and even lawyers for Babbitt who have sought the identity of the officer and additional details about the shooting. The USCP, that's the U.S. Capitol Police, still refuses to release his name in stark contrast to recent high-profile police shootings around the country. In February, USCP issued a press release promising to share additional information once the investigation is complete. But Justice Department investigators closed their probe in April, clearing the officer of criminal wrongdoing in Babbitt's death, which the medical examiner ruled a homicide. And last month, the D.C. police, which shares jurisdiction with the Capitol Police, and has led the investigation in Babbitt's shooting, concluded its own internal review of the shooting without making any findings. And that's according to a spokeswoman, Kristen Metzger. Still, USCP continues stonewalling the public, according to the head of the police union. 
That's my department's attorney for you, the United States Capitol Police Labor Committee Chairman, Gus, oh my goodness, Papa, <laughs> Papa Thanusi. Sorry, Gus. Um, but anyway, Gus told Real Clear Investigations that, that, that that's my department attorneys for you. There is definitely a transparency issue, he said. The department needs to answer those questions. They are stonewalling the public. Withholding the name of the officer who was fired the fatal shot, the only round fired by anyone during the four-hour siege has bred speculation on the Internet and led to the mistaken identification of at least one other officer. U.S. CP Special Agent David Bailey was wrongfully fingered as the shooter on social media and, and conservative news sites. After RCI, Real Clear Investigations, called attention to the false rumor in an email to USCP, followed by a story on the issue, USCP's communications chief officially knocked it down as misinformation. Now, a new name has surfaced in the Babbitt Imbroglio, Lieutenant Michael L. Byrd. And while USCP Communications Director Eva Malecki won't confirm he is the shooter, in this case, she isn't denying it either. In a little-noticed exchange, Byrd was cited by the acting House Sergeant of Arms during a brief discussion of the officer who shot Babbitt at a February 25th House hearing. Both the C-SPAN and CNN removed his name from transcripts, transcripts, <laughs> but CQ transcripts, which according to its website, provides the complete word from Capitol Hill exactly as it was spoken. So recorded the Capitol here, uh, Capitol official Timothy Blodgett, referring to the cop as Officer Bird. His name is clearly audible in the videotape of the hearing uh, and says, see embedded video uh, further below. I'm not quite sure if that's in there or not. If it is, maybe when I post it to um, Facebook, you'll be able to click on it if you would like. He goes on to say, Bird appears to match the description of the shooter, who video footage shows is an African-American dressed that day in a business suit. Jewelry, including a beaded bracelet and a lapel pin, also matched up with the photos of Bird. In addition, Bird's resume lines up with what is known about the experience and position of the officer involved in the shooting. A veteran USCP officer who holds the rank of lieutenant and is the commander of the House Chamber Section of the Capitol Police. Following the shooting, Bird's internet footprint was scrubbed, including his social media and personal photos. Phone calls and emails to Byrd, who lives in Maryland, where he remains on paid administrative leave, went unanswered. His attorney would neither confirm nor deny that the 53-year-old Byrd is the shooter and warned that disclosing his name poses a safety risk to the officer. I'm going to stop there just a second. I, I don't I don't dispute that that might be the issue there. But if they're so concerned about this particular officer, 
why are they not concerned with the same things and and when they give out the officers names in other involved shootings i mean why is this person special more so than any any other officer that is involved in a shooting that's the case that's the issue here I don't deny that, you know, allowing that to get out might put that officer and even their family in danger. But if you're going to require that, you're going to demand that from police departments across the country, then the Capitol Police Department should not be held at a different standard. They might say, well, this is a special case because it's high profile, because it's a Trump supporter, and that means there's going to be, what, 84 million people out there looking for him to harm him or his family. Well, the same could be true of any police officer that's accused of, of being involved in a shooting that, that shoots anyone yet. They do not. Liberals do not seem to be too concerned about that, nor does the media, which pounce on officers once their name is learned. And, uh, you know, staking out their house in front of their house. So that's, that's the issue here. They're making an exception. They're being hypocritical because they're not doing the very same thing that they expect from every other officer involved shooting across the country. The Babbitt family is frustrated U.S. CP won't release any information about the incident other than the terse and vaguely written statement it issued on January the 7th, which was sworn USCP officer, uh, I'm sorry, USCP employee discharged her service weapon striking an adult female. Really? That's it? Six months later, that's still it? That's what you're going with. Because Congress has exempted the USCP, that's not a surprise, from the Freedom of Information Act request, the family is suing the D.C. police for documents that identify the officer who shot Babbitt, as well as notes and summaries of what the officer said regarding the shooting and the reasons he discharged his weapon. The D.C. police has led the investigation into Babbitt's shooting. A hearing before a judge is scheduled for September the 3rd, Washington-based watchdog Judicial Watch is also suing for the records. They sit back and they completely refuse to release the name of their own police officer that was involved in a shooting of an unarmed woman, said Ashley Babbitt's husband, Aaron. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Babbitt has hired a Maryland lawyer specializing in police abuse cases who plans to file a wrongful death lawsuit against USCP and the officer seeking at least $10 million in damages. The attorney, Terry Roberts, said he has received no information from USCP about the case even though he contacted the department's general counsel back in May. But he said an investigator in his office has positively identified the shooter from a painstaking analysis of photos and videos taken by journalists 
and witnesses inside the Capitol, as well as from tips from citizens and other information. He said a key witness is Taylor Hansen, a freelance journalist who films protests around the country and was outside the speaker's lobby with Babbitt, a 35-year-old Air Force veteran, when she was shot. Hansen claims to have identified Bird as the officer who opened fire on Babbitt, striking her in the lower left shoulder. Hansen was present when, as, present when Ashley was shot, Roberts told RCI. He has spoken with my investigator, and he provided a reliable and accurate account of what he saw. He also made a video recording, which proved useful. Robert said he is not ready to name the officer as a defendant in the lawsuit until he meets federal regulations for filing personal injury claims against government agencies and employees, which could take several more weeks. However, he told RCI, he's a guy who left his service revolver in a bathroom. I think I remember hearing that story uh, several weeks ago. In February 2019, Lieutenant Byrd was investigated for leaving his department-issued Glock 22 firearm unattended in a restroom on the house side of the Capitol. Even though the potent weapon, which fires 40 caliber rounds, has no manual safety to prevent unintended firing. Fortunately, the abandoned gun was discovered by another officer during a routine security sweep. A Glock 22 was used in the Babbitt shooting. Bird addressed the blunder at a roll call the following morning, reportedly telling fellow officers that he would be treated differently because of his rank as a lieutenant. At the time, Malecki assured the press that appropriate actions will be taken against Byrd. Asked recently what disciplinary actions were administered, the USCP spokeswoman declined to comment. Unlike other police forces, USCP does not have to disclose records on police misconduct. More than 700 complaints were lodged against Capitol Police officers between 2017 and 2019, but Brass won't say what the alleged violations were or how the department resolved them. They also won't disclose how many complaints are in any individual officer's file. While the USCP has an inspector general, He does not make reports public, unlike other agency watchdogs. His report on January 6th remains secret. And critics say the 193-year-old agency is in dire need of reform. They point out that even the Secret Service complies with FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request, and releases reports and audits by its internal watchdog. The Capitol Police is, in contrast, won't even reveal how many sworn officers it has on hand. Unlike the D.C. Police and the vast majority of local police forces, the USCP provides little public information about its activities, complained Daniel Schumann, the policy director of the D.C. watchdog group Demand Progress. In a recent letter to the heads of the congressional panel's who have oversight authority over the USCP. 
D.C. law requires police to identify the officer involved in a police shooting within five business days after an officer involved death or serious use of force. Officials must publicly release the names of and body camera recordings of all officers involved in the death or use of force. The law does not cover the Capitol Police. However, even though D.C. police work in conjunction with that agency on homicide cases and fatal traffic accidents. The Babbitt shooting has thrust this double standard into the national spotlight. Some lawmakers on the USCP Oversight Committee are clamoring for changes, starting with the immediate release of the name of the officer who shot Babbitt. They allege that Capitol Police are protecting an officer who killed an unarmed citizen from public scrutiny. In many instances, when a law enforcement officer kills an individual for any reason, that officer's name is publicly released, but not in the case of Ashley Babbitt, said GOP Representative Paul Gosar, who sits on the House Oversight Committee. Instead, there is a determined effort to cover up the full circumstances of this homicide. Mark Schimmel, the Washington attorney defending the officer, warned that revealing his client's name could put his life in jeopardy. He said the officer was re- has received credible death threats and has gone into hiding. He would not provide further details about the type of threats or whether they have been reported to the FBI. Shamel also declined to say if authorities have provided the officer a protective security detail. Ask about any threats made against Byrd, USCP General Counsel Tad DeBias, DeBias, something like that, told RCI in an email that one of our officers has received death threats, threats to his family, and numerous vile racist sentiments directed at the officer. Without elaborating, he said these threats are currently under active investigation by the USCP and the FBI. The only publicly known threat made against the officer who shot Babbitt came from Garrett Miller, who was arrested in Texas in part because of threats he made two weeks after participating in the Capitol riot. However, Miller circulated the wrong photos of the officer on Facebook, falsely identifying Officer Bailey who is also African-American. Miller remains in federal custody. The FBI and the USCP declined to answer when asked if any threats have been directed against Lieutenant Byrd specifically. Okay, so again, I I won't argue with uh, the statements made that, you know, releasing that an, an officer's name or officer's names when they're involved in uh, civilian shootings like that, or I guess any kind of shooting. I, I can't deny that that might put that officer in risk, um, but that doesn't seem to be a concern in, in the public sector on any police department across the country. And if you're not concerned about those police officers, safety, and the safety of their families and friends, then why does this particular police officer get special privilege? 
That's the problem in this country. That's the problem with liberals, Democrats, is they run with a separate set of rules, generally. And that just leaves them open to criticism, even though sometimes their points may have some validity to them, like in the safety of the officer that's being accused. But after the investigation, and it was proven that he was the one then the public has a right to know. The The husband of Ashley Babbitt has a right to know. Because you would know in any other police officer shooting across the country. And they're always saying the family has a right to know who shot their loved one. But this particular individual, they think that they have to protect. Are they protecting the individual? Are they protecting themselves because of the information that may come out? There's way too many things that have not been uh, determined by what occurred that day. And one thing that I was surprised about uh, is that the Republicans voted down to create a committee to investigate what happened on January the 6th. And I'm personally all for it, and I know the Democrats are going to push forward with some other means of investigating that. Um, I'm not quite sure what the Republicans' reasons for voting against it were. I think there needs to be a lot more scrutiny about what happened that day. And maybe if you have a committee that looks into it, now maybe they were concerned about the makeup of the committee uh, and whether things would be discovered and then either destroyed or, or covered up and never released. But, you know, uh, I heard some pundit on uh, a news show the other day talking about uh, there's camera footage all throughout the Capitol building. And why has none of that been released other than what they want to cherry pick and show you? And, and most of which I guess was taken by reporters that were, that were also in the building that day. But why don't we as the public have a right to see some of these things? Is it because there's things on there they don't want us to see? This whole idea of the insurrection, and I know we beat this this uh, to death for uh, a long time at the beginning of the year, but I still go back. Every time I hear liberals say, you know, it was an insurrection and the people were attempting to overthrow the government, which is bullshit. That little group of people was going to overthrow the government? Are you serious? And I still believe. I think there's a good chance that the whole reason that that was initiated that day or allowed to continue, or we've heard even stories about people who work for the FBI were out in the crowds urging them on into the Capitol building that day. But I still say my number one suspect reason for this was because they wanted to stop what was going on in Congress that day, not to, not to overthrow or not not to overthrow the government or not to, um, it, you know, make them, 
you know, keep Joe Biden from becoming president, I guess you will, for lack of a better terminology right this minute. Uh, but they, they were uh, there. The people were inspired to go in there, spurred on to go in there and stop the process because after everything was calmed down and, and, and the congressmen were allowed to come back in or, or, or representatives that were there that day, I guess the senators that were there that day, they, um, they didn't, you know, they voted to go ahead and accept the results without any more discussions. Instead of all of these objections that were going to be raised, all of these issues that were going to be made public that day, because it would have been public record, right? Well, they never got through those discussions. They barely got into it because of what happened that day. And what better way to stop it than to, than what happened? There's a lot of questions that should be answered about what happened that day. But I don't really don't think liberals are interested in giving us true answers. They're more interested in just pushing the narrative that the group of people that broke in that day or went into the Capitol building, because we know some of them didn't have to break in. They were allowed to go in. I don't think they were trying to overthrow the government, which would be a foolhardy thing for that small group of people to do. That would have never been accomplished. Nobody in their right mind would have thought that they could have stopped Joe Biden from being uh, sworn in as president or, you know, declared president that day by what they were doing. But yet that's what, the liberal press wants us to believe, right? They're Trump supporters. They weren't that bright anyway, right? But anybody else in this country that gets shot by a police officer, we get a lot more information out of it than we've gotten about this situation with Ashley Babbitt. All right, that's going to do it for that article. I um, I do have a closing thought. I started back last night doing a closing thought for uh, the mini pod because I think some of these kind of fit in with some of the things that I'm talking about. But so many things are at risk right now in our government. So many things are at risk in this country right now. I think it's important. And even though I'm going to be using some words, uh, some closing thoughts from some of our founding fathers, which uh, seem to be, you know, not in the uh, not not in a favorable favorable light, according to liberals and many Democrats. But I'm still going to use them anyway. And if you listen to some of these things that our founding fathers said. They were really, really keyed in 
to some of the pitfalls that could destroy the country that they were trying to start at that time or the country they had started at that time. They knew what certain situations, what certain rights had to be included and what they were doing to ensure that certain things didn't happen in this country to make it all crumble and fall apart. So this is a quote by Thomas Jefferson, which, again, one of those people on uh, the liberals list right now. He said, I predict future happiness for Americans if they can prevent the government from wasting the labors of the people under the pretense of taking care of them. Doesn't that sound awful familiar? Doesn't that sound like something that's been one particular party's been trying to do for decades? Does to me. All right. I appreciate you listening to this episode of Trice Talk Mini Pod. Hopefully that you'll uh, consider joining us tomorrow night, which is Sunday night live. And hopefully we will be doing a live version tomorrow night. Although I don't think Dennis Lee is going to be back till Tuesday, but um, we'll see. Either way, we will be posting a show tomorrow night. I'm Donald Wayne. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Crossing bridge of sight.